Hey everybody, Mark here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we have a really fun episode today. We have Rochelle Summers, woo! Fabulous volunteer guest host, as well as Phil, as we're diving deeper into the story of Solomon. I'm just praying for you, our online community, this week. Uh, I know that this series has been challenging and has offered a lot of great spaces for conversation with those that are maybe in your life or in your family at work. And so just know that us here at the online team, we are praying for you. You can text in your prayer requests anytime at 650-600-0402. And big shout outs to the prayer team that has actually been coming onto campus on Monday mornings to help pray over all the requests that we get, as well as Menlo Church and our surrounding area. So Mel, talking about you, Carol, thank you so much. If you would like to meet up and pray with us on Monday mornings, consider this your invitation. And if you cannot, but still would like to participate in the life change that's happening here at Menlo Church through this online ministry, you can consider giving. Your gifts, your contributions help change the lives of people both here in the Bay, in our local community, as well as those around the world. So thanks so much for that. Without your help and support, it would not be possible. And I am so excited for us to get into this episode. Let's go ahead and jump in. Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark, and we have two guests with us today. We have our awesome guest host, Rochelle Summers. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. I'm so happy that you're here. And we have Phil. Phil, I'm also happy that you're here. Yeah, yeah. Not quite as happy. No, I get it. Totally fair. Yeah. But Rochelle, you have been busy. You've got this... School thing that you've doing that you've been doing that mm-hmm. just wrapped up this week for your quarter or module or whatever it is. So yes, how's that been going? It's been going really okay. well. Um, I'm in a master seminary seminary program, and okay. we, it's a three year program. And normally we haven't had like any breaks except for Christmas and Easter, but they had to realign their car- uh, calendar a little bit. So I have a two week break right now, and it feels really good. What did you do with your break last night? Uh, Last night, (laughs) I went to go see the Barbie movie. (laughs) I did, yeah. And it was really nice and really fun. What a fun movie. Okay. Um, The first 10 minutes, I was a little disappointed. I was like, I've seen all these clips on Instagram and TikTok Mm, already. Um, But they really humanized Barbie and um, the story that she tells um, there's some themes about mother-daughter relationships in there, which was really beautiful. So, Did you see it with one of your daughters? I did not, and I'm a little relieved that I didn't okay. because that might have added to the tension of... Mm. she. My oldest daughter already saw it with her aunt, and I'm glad they had that experience together. But And now we can go and talk about it and reflect together, which I think is better. Well, that's great. Yeah. Phil, you a big Barbie fan? I <laughs> uh, can't say I have a ton of experience, okay. but um, okay. you know, I've heard uh, I've heard lots of things about the Barbie movie. Yeah. So glad you got a chance to see it. Glad you weren't having to dive into hundreds of pages of academic reading. That's that's a great mm-hmm. that's a great rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after last week, I had three major projects: two six page papers, thirty minute presentation on the Gospel of Luke, and yes. uh, my brain needed a break. So Barbie seemed like the good break to start uh, kick off that week. That's, That's a good. lot of stuff that you had to do. We're so proud of you. You're doing oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's why I come on here, to be affirmed. <laughs> be affirmed. You're great. <laughs> Have you seen the the images of Barbie versus Oppenheimer and like those, um, the states that are watching them and versus the states on a political map and how they no. vote? It is fascinating because wow. it's almost like the same. Interesting. Really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, were you able to do anything fun this past weekend after you taught Phil? Uh, we had a pretty full weekend. So there were, you know, uh, we had like gatherings and hangouts with mm -hmm. people that were great. Uh, and then, you know, there are some days in ministry where you, or some weeks in ministry where you get like really good boundaries and a couple really nice days off. And it's awesome, which has been kind of a new thing to Menlo because we had Saturday services in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes in ministry where you're just dealing with stuff and you don't get days mm -hmm. off. So that was me this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here and, um, it was a really good weekend of ministry, really thankful for that and really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I had vacation when I did because yeah. the last 10 days have not been that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Part of great. the gig, part mm -hmm. of the gig. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So we were in Solomon, not, not the easiest read after the initial, Hey, this guy was super wise. He was a King. It was great. So pre prepping for that, what were the things that you wanted to cover? Did you get through all of them? Because uh, there's a lot there that happens after the, the portion of the story that we tend to stop at when we're children. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what we do with these stories, especially as we get older, is we either put our kind of head in the sand and we just accept the version that we learned as little kids. Mm -hmm. And then every time a conversation or a question comes up, that challenges the narrative we learned with the flannel graph or the puppets or the, you know, talking vegetables, however you learned it. Um, <laughs> and they may be like through like a slight little reference to there's some more stuff, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Or uh, we basically say all of that was wrong. Solomon was actually this misogynistic, horrible human being. How did we ever learn this? This is one more reason why I don't believe the Bible is helpful, true or good. Uh, and I think that the answer is nearly always a combination. Mm. <laughs> I think it is always that people are complicated. The Bible is talking about the complexities of human beings because human beings are complex. We are created in the image of God with infinite dignity, value, and worth, and fatally flawed by sin. And so mm. Solomon, I think, epitomized the extremes of both of those things, right? Mm -hmm. He uh, asked God for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. And particularly early in his reign, you see a level of skill, compassion, compa capacity, even character mm -hmm. very early on uh, that matches up with that calling from God. But, well, we don't get all the details in narrative as much as we would like to. I wonder what some of those little compromising decisions were. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to not skirt away from those, be able to communicate the, what those really are, while at the same time recognizing we have, especially in the summertime at Menlo, we have pretty young kids in the room, uh, as young as middle school. Uh, and so trying to recognize developmentally, like I, I want to help them learn where they're ready to learn. and. Um, and then at the same time, uh, I really want to try and communicate uh, that there were probably some reasons for Solomon beyond just immediate personal gratification that he had amassed this large harem. And so uh, trying to trying to juggle all of those mm -hmm. is you know it's the unique challenge of a series like this at this time of the year. But uh, hopefully, we were able to offer something helpful that gave people a look at a slightly more complex Solomon rather than the overly reduced Solomon, super good guy, super bad guy. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's a guy and he mm -hmm. had lots of opportunities for leadership, lots of opportunities to make a difference and in many ways did that. Mm -hmm. um, and then he also unfortunately 
-hmm. did the very thing that God said not to do. And I think we see that pattern in the scriptures over and over again. And if we're honest, we often see it in our own life too. Yeah. I noticed that theme running through, um, especially the first portion of your message of Israel needing something. They, they wanted a king. They wanted something that everyone else had. Everyone else can have this. Um, why can't we? Right. And so, how does Solomon tie into that? And why, is, why do you think that's such a, a theme that we see not only in this story, but everywhere in the Bible of people wanting their preferences first? Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about the garden... It's, we don't start out with, God, thanks for all this amazing stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. We start out with, God, why can't I, you know? Mm. And uh, if you have kids, you see it in your kids. They do the same thing. And if you have a mirror, you can see it in yourself because you do the same thing. I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I think that it's, it's important to understand that in the context they were in, the people of Israel felt very vulnerable, right? There was... There was so much trust that they had to give to God. Now, mm -hmm. there are these things throughout their history as a nation that you would go, I feel like if I saw a burning bush, I feel like if the plagues of Egypt had happened, I feel like if the sea was parted, mm -hmm. I feel like if manna fell from heaven, you know, and the way we say it is we would say, I feel like if God could just do this massive big miracle then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what Israel teaches us is, uh, yeah, we would probably still screw it up. Like we would still go, God, thanks for yesterday, but can you do something great tomorrow? Can you do something great today? And I think that uh, that level of um, kind of fear of missing out, that's like I think pre-programmed into the human psyche and DNA, uh, I think is a part of our sinful nature where mm -hmm. rather than living out of gratitude, we have an attitude of frustration and loss. And so, you know, I, I don't want to be too hard on the Israelite people because they were like, we're going to get destroyed, God. Like, we need mm. we need a real king, you know? And I'm sure some people said it that way. Yeah. We need a real king. Mm -hmm. uh, they all have gods, too. They they have more than one, you know? And they have a king. We just got one god? Then he's supposed to be our king, too? <laughs> Seriously? That's that's the conversation. And a tent? Right. Yeah, Not yeah. even a building? Right. A yes. I mean, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yes, all of this. And so, uh, you know, for them, they wanted to be like a real nation, you know? I think in church world, sometimes this happens. If you've ever been a part of a church that doesn't have a building, mm -hmm. uh, this is a very similar conversation that you'll sometimes hear people say eventually. We want a building because we want to be a real church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just say we should be careful about that. Mm -hmm. We should be careful about that. And so uh, I think that there is uh, hopefully something really introspective for all of us to be able to go, what is the thing that I'm saying, God, I'll be happy when you, uh, because that is a dangerous pattern we've seen over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when we go to the New Testament, we see passages from people who had plenty of things to pray for, who were still finding satisfaction. Philippians 4 is a context in which Paul is uh, talking about really, I mean, from a pretty awful situation. We think about it as the book of joy, but he's writing it from prison. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And then he says, basically take your prayer and petition and give it to God. And you're going to discover this thing. I've had a lot and I've had a little. Here's what I've discovered. Uh, I can do all things, which what he really means is I can endure all circumstances with peace and contentment because of Christ who gives me strength. And that same promise is available to us. But when Jesus is not the source of our strength, when our circumstances are, we will be tired and weak often. Wow. Yeah. That's good.
Oh, man, you answered my questions already. I am uh, so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what your what questions were. What were your questions? questions. <laughs> uh, well, one of them you didn't, but um, the one question was, for someone who may have just tuned in for the first time listening today or to your message this past week, um, what does a book filled with ancient narrative have to offer us now in the present tense? Which you did kind of answer. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, and I think that hopefully, I didn't do it this week, I did it the week before when we talked about war, where we talked about the sort of macro narrative of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I would say, if you're a Christian and you have not been exposed to the sort of macro narrative, what's the grand story of scripture? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially if you grew up in church, it feels like you actually graduate from the Old Testament as you get older, because you stop hearing mm -hmm. stories about it. Uh, and then you feel like your faith is just the New Testament. Uh, that uh, that sermon a couple weeks ago could help. You could also go to Bible Project. They've got some great work mm -hmm. on this. Uh, but I, I would say understanding the broader story of Scripture, not even just, hey, how do we look at one book or one theme, but understanding the broader story of Scripture, I think can really give confidence mm -hmm. that this was not invented 2,000 years ago, but mm -hmm. that actually it's been going on for a long time. And one of the things I think that it gives me confidence and gratitude to God in is that none of this was a surprise to God. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, we go to texts like Ephesians 2, Paul writing in the first century, uh, before the foundations of the world. That means before Genesis 1-1, mm -hmm. before everything got made, however you think it got made, before Adam and Eve sinned, God was already working on your salvation. Mm -hmm. He already knew that the fall would take place. He did all of it, I believe, because he wanted a relationship with humanity that was not conditional. Mm -hmm. It was going to require Jesus for our relationship with God to be unconditional. From the very beginning, even before the fall, their relationship was still conditional, right? They couldn't eat from this tree. Mm -hmm. And so now, because of Jesus, in relationship with Jesus, your relationship is unconditional forever. Mm -hmm. And God, I think the story of scripture is, it's worth all of this. It's worth getting my hands dirty to have a permanent, perfect relationship with my creation. Mm, that's good. How would you encourage someone who is stuck in a cycle of shame? Like hearing these stories and identifying with Solomon saying like, I keep messing up um, or mm. seeing that, hearing you say like, we're always asking, what else can I have? And they so desperately want to be freed and live in this unconditional love of Jesus Christ. How would you encourage someone to break free of that? Yeah, that's a great question. And to I receive grace. Yeah, I think a lot of times we receive grace uh, through the shape of people in our lives. And, um, you know, I don't know every individual story, but I think for a lot of people, they find themselves really frustrated in whatever cycle or pattern they're feeling powerless by. Almost always that cycle or pattern is in the dark. They're mm -hmm. almost always living it by themselves. And so, um, you know, that may be kind of depending on your level of willingness to be honest about what's going on. Uh, that's sort of what life groups are for, right? To be able to be in relationships with other people like, hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I, I, I just got to tell you guys, I'm really struggling and frustrated in this area of my life. Here's the thing. I'm just not satisfied by it. And I know God wants me to be satisfied by it. 
for some of uh, for some of you, for some people like listening, or you wonder, uh, this may be a place for a counselor or a spiritual director. Uh, this may be a place to sit down with a pastor. If you go, you know what? I could never say it in a room like that. I could never tell multiple people mm-hmm. that I'm just meeting what's really going on. And I would say that's what. Uh, that's what pastors and spiritual directors and counselors are for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll see, uh, my, my appointment with my spiritual director is today. I'll go see a spiritual director this afternoon. So uh, this is not just something I tell you to do. This is mm-hmm. in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those rhythms can be really helpful. And, and I would also say part of giving yourself grace is understanding that um, God loves you no matter what the dysfunction is, no matter what thing you go, this pattern is unshakable. I'm so frustrated. Uh, God loves you the same, the exact same in the middle of those painful choices as he does when you're having your best day. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something really freeing about that. Um, but also understanding that, you know, the line, well, God loves you and me just how we are. He loves us way too much to let us stay that way. Uh, I think that's what these resources and people can become. That's good. Uh, I'm in a life group Mm -hmm. and we meet on zoom one of my favorite things we've done um, as a group at different times is read scripture out loud. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And we'll mm-hmm. take, we'll, we've chosen a, um, a section of scripture and take turns reading different verses. And sometimes that's almost enough mm. is mm. listening to each other read scripture out loud. And it's really great if you're new to church or a new, uh, a new believer or trying to understand scripture, being able to read it together in a safe environment. Um, but it is true that the, you know, it's life. It's so life giving, um, being able to read it together and then feeling that power, like allow you to be vulnerable in moments like that as well. It's great. So yeah, if you're not in a life group, I highly suggest it. Yeah. And a lot of what we're talking about is someone acknowledging that they might need help, acknowledging that a next step needs to be taken. That speaks a lot to character. And you had a line in here that I loved. It had to do with character and capacity. Yes. Would you mind repeating that line, Phil, and letting us know how you got there? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is just a preacher line. I'm sure I didn't come up with it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long one I've used for a long time. <laughs> but it's a question, where has your capacity outgrown your character? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think that that idea that whatever area of your life you're so glad that you are good enough, capable enough, strong enough, smart enough, whatever area that is that kind of sort of got you in the room that way, well, that capacity may have gotten you in the room. Character is what will keep you in the room. Mm. And we've all watched people that their capacity uh, was amazing and they got placed in spots and you wondered, like you all have seen this, you wondered, are they ready for this opportunity? And unfortunately, we probably all in life have examples where we go, oh, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And it was not their capacity that was the gap. Mm-hmm. It was their character. And part of the challenge, I think, is because we, by and large, in culture, ignore character. And capacity is the only thing that matters. There's a couple, you know, you can't, um, like sexual harassment, money stuff. Like there's some things in culture that those are the character things they matter about. And if you mess with those, um, it's going to it's going to end very badly for you, but there's, there's so much more of what it means to be deeply formed into the image of Jesus for your life mm-hmm. of what does it mean for your character to just over the span of your life, like an onion, just slowly layer by layer by layer, letting God do the work. And I think, um, there's just, I, th- I think for lots of us, whether it's capacity or even content, 
we want capacity and content that is far beyond our character. And we're not ready for it. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that is hard because it's a version of God, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And he's going, oh, no, 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 you, that would actually be the worst possible thing for you. Um, and unfortunately in Solomon, we see someone uh, where he's, he's even worse, like he had all the content, like he knew it all, mm -hmm. uh, but his capacity had just grown so quickly uh, that I think his character failed to catch up. Mm. And if we think we're better than that, you should be very careful. Like we should all live in humility, mm -hmm. recognizing, but for the mm -hmm. grace of God, so go I. Yep. You named a few like red flags uh, <laughs> there. What would you say are some like yellow flags of trying to pay attention? Like mm. this is not good for my character. This is, you know, going to change me in a most negative way rather than transform me more into being Christ-like. Yeah, I think um, every time we wanna call an audible in our life, we should be careful. So we do it all the, we live, we live in a world of options, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe for some people that's like, I'm always ready uh, to change my major in college. I would just say, be careful. Mm -hmm. Or we're, we're always mm -hmm. ready to change our church because the problem is always our church and not us. We always need the next thing. Or we're always ready to think about the next job that we're gonna have. We're never satisfied in the one that we are. We can't just walk in faithfulness mm -hmm. in the one that we have. Or maybe, uh, unfortunately, maybe you're in a dating relationship. Hopefully it stops there. Uh, but you kind of, you're always looking for the upgrade. Mm -hmm. I would just say the more areas of your life that feel unsettled, the less areas that you can live out of gratitude and stability, uh, the more concerned I think you should be. There, the more of every one of those probably represents a yellow flag. I think that uh, for those of us that like, maybe you're a maybe you're a spender, and for you, it's like, well, I, I had this thing that I thought was going to make me happy, and now a weekend, I don't even know where that thing is, or I need this other one. Uh, I think that's a yellow flag. But I think all these areas where capacity would say speed up character usually says slow down mm -hmm. and so all the times that we're trying to say like we're, we're turning this sort of internal voice down we're saying shut up i'm gonna just keep going uh i would say every one of those is a yellow light we should listen to from the lord to say uh maybe it is maybe it is time to end that relationship maybe it is time to change uh that job or even your career um but go slow character says mm -hmm. go slow mm -hmm. that's good and don't forget it because I think you also said pretty quickly after that, that lessons that are, aren't lived out are forgotten, right. something to that extent. Mm -hmm. Lessons stop being learned when they stop being lived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even though we might go slow and learn lessons along the way, if we forget those lessons and stop living them out. Ooh. Yeah, there's an old preacher story that a preacher, he, uh, he got up and he, he preached a sermon. Um, and then the next week he, he preached the same sermon. People kind of noticed, they were like, is he okay? You know, third week he preached the same sermon. Somebody finally comes up to him, Pastor, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you've preached the same sermon three weeks in a row. And the pastor collects himself, says, when you start living it, I'll stop preaching it. Wow. And uh, I, that's not a shot at Menlo or anything. I just think that that's true of all of us, that mm -hmm. uh, it can be very easy for us to, especially in a consumeristic culture, mm -hmm. to go next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And God's going, no, no, I'm still... I'm still working on this last thing. I, I have a line I'll say in this coming week. Uh, we're talking about deconstructionism. And I think one of the challenges really reflects this, which is oftentimes, I think in deconstruction, we are auditing doctoral doctrinal classes 
when we have yet to receive our masters in maturity. Mm. And uh, I, I just think, man, I think that God wants to do a lot of stuff in our actual life where mm. he wants things mm. to walk out. Lessons that maybe you learned and stopped living decades ago mm -hmm. uh, that could help you with the questions you're facing today. Mm. And I loved how the end of your message kind of dovetailed perfectly into our spiritual practice that we have for this series, which is Lectio Divina, divine reading. And is this practice that we've been trying to be more a part of, make it more a part of our lives, is this just something when we're in a reflective mood? Is it something for us to learn? Is it something for us to feel better? How do you think Lectio Divina can reach each of us where we're at when we're at that place? Well, I'll answer that question two ways. Like I would answer it one for the brand new Christian and I would answer it one for the uh, oh, you know, long time okay. Christian. I think if you're a brand new Christian, it can be a really good way of uh, understanding and seeing how sort of the biblical narrative is getting shaped in your mind and heart, right? Mm -hmm. So the more you put yourself in that story and the more question marks you have, as you think about in prayer and pray in those moments, those are all opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. It may be that, especially if you're younger in your faith, you study a passage, and we talked about this for, uh, before, you study a passage first, and then you, at the end of your Bible study on that passage, try to have sort of the practice of Lectio Divina. It's really as a way of applying some initial core knowledge. Mm -hmm. That could be really helpful. Uh, and then I think if you're somebody that's been a follower of Jesus for a long time, I think um, I think prayer can become I think it can become this very normal part of our life, but it can become a cold part of our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think about the text where Paul says to Timothy, "Fan into flame mm -hmm. the gifts of God in your life." And we think about mm -hmm. that with preaching and leadership and things that Timothy would have had, but those are not the only gifts that he had, and they're not always the gifts that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I think Lectio Divina can be one of those places where we say, "God." I want your fire back into my prayer life. And I think it allows us to take lots of knowledge that if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you probably have more than you realize and sort of bring it to the surface and let the Holy Spirit show you uh, maybe some areas of the scriptures that you have long forgotten. Right. Phil, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I mean, I think we've talked about this series has been, you know, really sort of nibbling at the edges of deconstruction. Uh, this upcoming weekend, the title of my talk is Deconstructing Deconstruction, uh, and it will hopefully be some handles to think about if you or someone you care about is wrestling with deconstruction, hopefully in an intellectually honest and approachable way, uh, think about, hey, here's why this is happening so much in our culture, and here's a path through it, because I think it is often a path through it, not a path around it. Um, and so I would encourage you, whether you feel like that's for you, or maybe you're like, I don't think I need to deal with that at all. Uh, I bet there's somebody in your life that needs to deal with it that uh, hopefully this weekend will be a good one to check out, maybe a, a good one to invite a friend to if, mm -hmm. if maybe they used to go to church with you, but now they kind of go, oh, that's not my thing anymore. You know, I learned some stuff that made this hard or I experienced mm -hmm. something that made this difficult for me. Um, whether they come on the weekend or you share it with them afterwards, uh, I hope God uses it in the life of some people. Rochelle, thanks so much for being here. My thanks pleasure. for volunteering your time. Thanks Always a pleasure. Me. And Phil, you get a special shout out. I'll, I'll just remind everyone, we're in a new studio space. Some chairs got moved around. Mm -hmm. Phil has been in the exact same position because I, if he I, moves... I creaked a little. Let it, let it, let it rip, Phil. <laughs> yep. So thank you for hey, yeah. you know, putting I'm, all our I'm listeners first at the expense of your back. Here to help. It's great. Great. It's great. Well, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you thanks, soon. Thanks, everybody.